Amen. Are you excited to be here today? I'm excited. I even brought a big stick. You know, walk softly but carry a big stick. Um, no, I'm really excited for the Shia's ministry getting started. We have, um, I'm going to move it before I trip over it. Um, we have nine women. We've been meeting. We've been praying. We've been going over all the things we want for you girls. And if you are a young woman and you don't know much about God's word, great, come, because we're going we're to feed you. But also, if you're a young woman and you don't have connection, because I believe there's so many people today that are just so lonely, and they don't have people, and they don't know what it's like to have a sisterhood and unity and people that have your back and ready to walk through you, with you, with your stuff. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to build a team of women to show the world that is telling us that we can do it all by ourselves and what a woman is and what a woman looks like. But we're going to show you what a biblical woman of God looks like. That you can walk out, yes, every week with your head held high, confident, and knowing, one, you're not walking it alone. There's a group of women walking with you, and we want to encourage you and strengthen you and equip you. And so I'm just excited. So come. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. You just got to show up. We have a gift for you for anyone who comes this Thursday, and we're just ready to meet with you. So Thursday, 630, be here. Um, but I am just so excited to, to share this word with you. Pastor, a couple of Sundays ago, um, looked and was like, you're it. <laughs> July 30th, be ready. Um, and normally God takes a couple of days or weeks to, to drop the, the message in me or something. But that day I barely left the church campus and God said, tell him, but what if it's now? And I was like, okay, what, 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 what now? And he's like me, what if me? What if it's now? What if that thing you've been waiting on and hoping for and pushing for, what if it's now? What if it's today? Because I think that a lot of us have, have been putting off what God wants to do. See, for me, I'm like the ultimate, my family's here, so I have to be honest, I'm like the ultimate procrastinator. And I'll put off things thinking like, ah, I can, I can do this thing because the thing I really need to get done, it's only going to take me like 10 minutes or a half an hour. And then it takes me an hour and I make everybody else's life chaotic and crazy because I waited to the last minute. Or I'm like, if the bill says it's due July 30th, like our tags are due tomorrow, by the way. Um, if the car tags are due, like I don't pay it early. I wait till that day. You're not like. But then August 1st rolls around, and I forgot, and now I owe the late bill. And, you know, in life sometimes, right, we're laughing. You're laughing because it's me because you're not my husband paying the late bill. But how many times do we do it in church? How many times do we do it when God's wanting to do something in our heart and our life, and we're procrastinating and we're saying, you know, you know, God, I know that you're calling me to the altar. I know that you're telling me you want breakthrough for me. I know that you're telling me I need to surrender my life to you. I know that I've been messing around over here and doing this a little over here. And I know you're telling me you, you want change and you want this thing. But, you know, maybe not today. I have next week. I have next month. You know, God, you're, you're always faithful and you're always there. You know what? He is. But you may not always be. Life is short and you are not guaranteed tomorrow. And somebody else that you may need to minister to or do a work in or give something to, they may not have tomorrow. 
And so God is here and wanting to say, what if it's now? And so I, I just want us to push into that and believe that today God is here as we've already heard through all the songs and through the word and through the prayers, through Luis opening, that God is here today to do something in you, whether that is healing or reviving you or renewing you or redeeming you. He's here and he's saying, it's today. Whatever you've been delaying, whatever you've been putting off, it's today. What if it's now? And we're going to start, Lord, first just to say I, I'm so in awe of your awesomeness and your timing and your perfection, Lord, and how much, God, you just love us and you want to give us good things, Lord. And your delay, Lord, is not your rejection, Father God. But I believe you have good things for us and I just pray that you would anoint this message and this word and open hearts and ears to listen and receive, Lord, in your name. Amen. Um, In the book of Ruth, I love this book. I often speak from it. Um, I even told God when he started to put the book in the sermon in me, and I was like, Lord, they might need another another book of the Bible from me. (laughs) But God was like, nope, this is where we're going. Um, But in the book of Ruth, we have Ruth and Naomi. Um, Naomi was an Israelite woman, and, and there was a time of famine, and she lived in Bethlehem. And because of the famine and how sick her children was, her and her husband leave. And they left to the world. And they said, it's only supposed to be for a little bit. And a little bit turned into 10 years. In those 10 years, Naomi lost her husband. And she lost her two sons. And she ends up widowless. Or, sorry, she ended up a widow, childless, and now stuck with these daughter-in-laws who she knew back home were outcast. And I think some of us can say we've looked to the world for our answer, for our source, and it's left us really empty. It's left us broken and wanting, and God wants to fill that today. See, because something happens to us when we finally get empty and broken and lost. We listen. And in the book of Ruth, it says, finally, Naomi hears that there's provision in Bethlehem. And like the prodigal son where he says he wakes up in the pig trough, and he's like, Man, the the servants back home are doing better than I am. At least they're not dirty and smelling like pigs. And at least they're getting food. I'm going to go home. Naomi finally is ready in her brokenness to say, I want to go home. And as she's going home, she tries to convince these daughter-in-laws, hey, why don't, you know, you just just stay. You don't, you don't need to come with me. I don't need to take any more drama home. Um, but one, one won't leave her. One stays by her side. And so Naomi's frustrated. She's mad because she knows, I don't want to take this mess with me. I want to leave it behind. I don't want anybody to know. Like, I can, when you don't take your mess with you and nobody knows and you can hide it in the closet, you can tell whatever version of your story you want. But the word says she clung, the mess clung to her, right? Have you ever had a stink on you and you're like, something smells, I cannot get it off of me. That was Ruth to Naomi. And she's mad because she can't get rid of her. And I love it because it says that when she realizes she can't convince Ruth, she can't leave her behind. She picks up and just doesn't talk to her the rest of the way. That's a long walk from Moab to Bethlehem in silence. But in the silence, Naomi stews. And she gets mad. And she tells God, I went away with a husband. I went away with these boys. I went away to a place that you were supposed to 
provide for us and heal us and do all these things, but you, you brought me back empty. And when she finally comes into town, she's just done. She doesn't want any part of it. She's mourning, she's angry, she's broken, and she's bitter. And Ruth 1 and 19 and 20 says, The two of them traveled until they came to Bethlehem. And when they entered Bethlehem, the whole town was excited about their arrival. And the local women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? But see here, Naomi, she reaches into her Spanish heritage. And she looks at the women and she says, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because she's mad. It's the only time I can roll my R's, guys. Sorry. Um, She says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. She answered, for the Almighty has made me bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. I think a lot of us can look at it and say, I went in the world for my answer. I went to the world for my source. I went to the world for all these things, and it stripped me, and it stole from me. And now I'm here, and I'm empty, and I'm mad at God. But see, the great thing about our God is... It doesn't matter how you showed up today in your journey, through turbulence, through hardships, through brokenness. Perhaps you're bitter and broken and wounded here today. I've been there. I know what that's like to say I went on a journey and I thought all these things. I got married and I thought all these things. We had babies and I thought all these things. I got the job. I got the thing. And I'm empty. And it's meaningless. And I'm broken. See, I've been there too. God sent my family on a 15-year journey that I thought was going to be fulfilling and, and all these things. And when he brought us back here, I was so empty and so broken and so bitter, filled with anxiety. Every day having panic attacks, having to go hide in the closet at my family's house because I could not function. And I really, I remember telling God so many times, I think I'm broken beyond repair. I don't know if you can fix what this thing is. But see, the truth is that God wasn't done with me when he brought me back. And he's not done with you. And he wasn't done with Naomi. See, because when God brings us back, it's at a time of a harvest. It's it's a time that there's provision. Ruth 1 and 22 says, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of a harvest. See, Naomi was upset because she came back empty. But God said, But I brought you back. You need to recognize that God brought you to this place. You're not here today by accident. You're not here today because it's just a Sunday checkoff. God's saying, I'm bringing you back because there's a purpose and a reason and I have something to give you. But see, in order to get the thing, sometimes we need something else. See, Naomi needed Ruth. And for me and my brokenness and my pain, I needed Izzy. It's my youngest daughter. And see, two years ago, when we got back, I had two requests for God when he called us back here. I said, God, please don't make me come without my children. And please heal my family. Because at the time, we were so broken. And we lived for two months with family. And that brokenness and that bitterness in me just kept festering until we we finally got our our own house. And the girls were all excited. And they were going to do up their rooms. And they had a plan. And... Izzy's room, we paint it, and she pops out with all these posters. And she slaps them on the bed, and she's like, Mom, we're going we're gonna to hang these. And she walks out of the room, and I start looking through the posters. That she had, she had hung some in our last house, and some were new. 
And there was something in me that just said, not this house. I can't hang these in this house, God. I cannot have this. And I was, I was building up because my anxiety was going and my panic attack. And I, I was getting ready to fight her. And I was just like, not this house. I don't, I don't care if you're mad. Roll them up. Put them in the closet. I don't care. But we're not hanging these. And God told me, you're going to hang them. And I was like, Lord, you're, like, you're looking at the pictures too, right? <laughs> and he was like, yep, I am. I see them. And you're going to hang them. You're not going to say one word to her. You're going to be quiet, and you're going to put them on the wall. And I remember I was, I was beyond mad at her, but I was now getting angry at God. And he said, Kelly, as a sign to you that I am working, your daughter is going to come and tell you she wants to take the posters off the wall. And I remember thinking I was so mad because who redecorates a room you know, in a few weeks or months or years even. Like when you paint a room, it's usually for a long time. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm in it for, we're in it for the long haul. Thanks for the heads up. But two weeks later, on a Sunday afternoon, my daughter walked in and she said, mom, you're going to be really mad. You're going to be upset. And I was like, oh gosh, you're go- like, don't panic. And she said, I hate my room. I don't like the color and the posters for whatever reason. They're just not working for me. Can we go and paint it a different color and maybe just get, like, flower artwork and put it on the wall like a museum? And I was like, go get my purse and my money. Like, I don't care what I got to do. We're going to paint the room and take the posters down. Like, and I did. In, like, two days, we, like, redid this room. But I knew because it represented more than a room. It was more than a wall. It was more than a poster. It was God's faithful promise to me that I am I'm moving. And seeing that transformation of the room, the posters coming down and the walls changing, I have been witness to God changing my daughter's heart, to taking a hurt, wounded girl and turning her into a woman of God. Filled with passion and love and grace. And it's a beauty that I just stand in awe of. And all I had to do was stand back and watch God. But see, the great thing about this is that God did it not just for her, but for me. See, when we go back to the book of Ruth, it says Ruth and Naomi both showed up at the time of harvest. Isabella and I both showed up. Same town, same house, same field. But see, there was something Izzy could get that I couldn't. There was something Ruth could do that Naomi couldn't at this time. See, when Ruth was willing to work in the field, a Moabite woman, an outcast, someone who had no business in the field, but she chose to get busy. See, and it's easy to look at Ruth and say, well, she was young. And when you're young, you're resilient. You can do it. Don't mistake in that she was broken, too. She had lost her husband. She had lost her ability to be a mother and a wife. She left her family. She left her home. She left her gods to follow a mother-in-law and be honorable and loyal to this bitter, angry woman. And she stayed by her side, and she chose to be faithful and serve a God she didn't know and had never experienced. But she trusted, and so she got in the field, and she got busy. Where Naomi, on the other hand, who knew God, who experienced him, who should have known better, stood in her bitterness and it kept her stagnant and still. And she did not get in the, in the harvest field. See, because she refused to be planted. 
And there's some of us that, that we're here and we come every Sunday. We check off the box. Did you go to church on Sunday? Yep. Worship was good. Pastor's sermon was good. Yep. But I sit in my chair week after week and I leave here like I came. Because I became stagnant and stewing in my bitterness because I keep asking God, change my marriage, heal my kids, give me the job, give us breakthrough, touch our finances. And you know what? I keep asking and God didn't do anything. And so I'm just bitter and angry and I have every right to sit here in this chair and not be moved. But God is here today to tell you, not only does he want you moving, but he's going to move you. He wants to change you. He wants to alter that thing in you that has left you stuck and stagnant. See, in Ruth 2 and 11, Boaz answers Ruth. And he tells her, everything you've done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. See, because something interesting happens because Boaz recognized the one who got busy and he knew he needed to pour into her in order to get to Naomi see God is willing to go through whatever vessel he needs to to get through you and so we see here that Boaz through the day he tells Naomi uh, Ruth I recognize you I see what you're doing and at the end of the day he makes room for her at the table he didn't just make room for her to work and say well just okay go No, he tells people, move aside. I got a place for her. I got something for her. I want people to know she's mine. I want people to know I'm watching out for her and I'm protecting her. See, because then he could fill her up. He could feed her. He could make sure that she walked away because she walked into the field hungry. But he made sure she didn't leave hungry. And not only that, but he made sure that she went home with leftovers See, because what she was bringing back, he knew wasn't for her. My kids in the Daniel, he won't eat leftovers. He eats his out of house and home, but he won't eat leftovers. But there's something good about leftovers. When somebody says, I thought of you, I brought this extra thing for you. And I, I noticed you're hungry. If you're hungry, you'll eat. There's some of you that you've been sitting here and you're so hungry you forgot. You forgot you're supposed to come and eat and of the Lord. But there is something so powerful about leftovers because they're more than enough when they're from the God's house. See, Matthew 15, 21, 28 says, When Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. And just then a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him, send her away. She just keeps crying out after us. And he replies, I was not sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and she knelt before him and she said, Lord, please help me. And he answered again, it isn't right to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed with the scraps. With the scraps from the table, she was healed. Jesus' scraps were so powerful to heal a girl of demon possession. She wasn't even in the room. 
He never even said, let her be healed. He never said, rebuke the demon. He never said anything. He said her faith moved him. Her faith shifted it. And there are some of us today that we need to get desperate enough to get on our knees in front of people and say, God, heal my babies. God, my babies need healed. My marriage needs healed. My family needs healed. I'm sick and I need breakthrough. But you know what we do? We come week after week and our pride and our arrogance keeps us in that seat. The devil tells us, what if God, you've been down there before. What if God doesn't break through today? And so we don't come and we don't kneel and we don't humble ourselves. And we don't say, God, I believe in you, that you're the sovereign savior who wants to deliver, who wants to change, who wants to break through in me. See, because we keep looking at God and he's saying, hold on, hold on, I don't feed you. Hold on this. And we look at God and we're like, you're denying me and you're rejecting me and I'm your outcast and I'm not worthy. And God says, no, I'm not denying you. I'm stretching you. I'm telling you, you have faith greater in you than you know. So I'm pulling you like a rubber band because I know when that sucker snaps, you're going to boomerang to other people. Amen. He's saying, you get a hold of that faith, and I'm going to pull you back, and I'm going to pull you back. So when your children are set free, you get to go, and you can't wait to tell somebody else. I can't wait when I get to tell people, you should have seen Izzy. Pastor called her up and had her pray. You should see Izzy worshiping because it's beautiful. Because as a mom who was broken, watching her kids be broken, it's beautiful. God was not denying me in my moments of crying out to him. He was stretching me. And there are some of you who in your stretching have not been pliable. And as he's been trying to pull you back and build that faith in you and stretch you, you have let it snap you. Because you did not have faith in him that he was really going to break through. And in that snapping, you have become hard. And you have lost your hope. But God is here today to restore you. See, Ruth 2.18 says that Ruth picked up the grain and went into town where her mother-in-law, and she saw and she showed her all that she had gleaned, and she brought her the leftovers. She brought her the scraps from the table, and she gave it to her. See, don't think that Ruth just brought her the leftovers. No, Boaz knew. Ruth, don't worry, baby. I'm going to fill you up at the table. I'm going to give you more than enough. But I'm going to make sure you go home to the bitter, broken woman at home and you have something for her. See, we've got a lot of roofs in the house that God's been feeding and building. And I'm telling you, do not get discouraged that the Naomi's here. But I'm telling you, be excited every Sunday. Holy cow, Luis makes me so excited every time I see him up here because he feeds something in me is he fed something in me and so those leftovers that Boaz sent home Naomi got him and we should be excited about the leftovers something in us changes and we should have joy and anticipation in our hearts as we get that because God didn't reject us or abandon us and there is still hope and there is still redemption amen see Amen. See, what happened is as Naomi got the scraps every week, week after week, Ruth was bringing home, look, he he sent us home more, Naomi. Look at this. We're not going to go hungry over winter. Look at this. Look at this. And Naomi started to eat again. 
You know, there's a reason they say you're hangry. Because we get angry when we're hungry. And Naomi wasn't just hungry on the outside. She was hungry on the inside. But every week she began to fill up and all of this. And then she could finally look at somebody else. She could finally look at Ruth and say, baby girl, we got we to gotta get going here. See, because when we have an elevate uh, generation, we need to elevate. That's why I do She Is. That's why we're so excited because there's young men and young women and young Christians. And I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about people who finally met the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and they're excited and they're plugged in. And we need people who have been there and done that to come alongside them and lift them up and elevate them to higher positions. And they need our testimonies and they need our wisdom and they need our knowledge and our love. I'm not just talking to those of us who are older I'm talking about some of you who are young and you've been raised in church and now you're bored. And you're like, what did God ever do for me? I saw the church. I see those people. They're backstabbers and they're hypocrites and they're liars and they're this. You're right. We are. Not going to deny that. So are you. But you need to come and you need to let God work in you because otherwise you're going to walk out of this church and someday you're not coming back. And you're going to walk into your Moab and your life's going to fall apart. I'm telling you, some of you young people need to come and you need a full surrender with God. You need to give it all to him. The addictions, the hang-ups, the anger, the frustration, your daddy's issue, your mama issues, your whatever issues. And God is saying, don't grow stagnant here. Don't look at everybody else. Don't be frustrated because they didn't ask you to help lead or ask you to do this or do that. I am not the one who rejected you. I didn't overlook you and I'm not the one who hurt you. But I'm here to heal you and some of you man he wants to put a joy and a hope in some of you young kids because your campuses and your workplaces need what you have and there are older people in this church that you need to get a hold of some godly new faith we need some new oil in your wineskin some fresh anointing some fresh fire for you to get excited about and some of you old people are like kelly you don't understand my pain you don't know my story you know what you're right i don't i don't know your story and i don't know your pain and you don't know all of mine but i know this i know a man who died a brutal death so you didn't have to bear it i know a god who said i'll get on that cross And I'll be your source of healing and I'll bear your sin and I'll bear your shame and I'll bear your wounds so you don't have to. John 3.16 tells me that God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for us. That if we'll just believe in him, we get everlasting life. Don't tell me that a God who will send his son to get on a cross for you won't change your circumstance and what is going on into you today. Because Jesus said, if you're hungry, I'm the bread of heaven and I will feed you. Today you need to taste and see that I am good. God knows your pain. He's not callous to it, but he knows the source of healing for you because he is the source of healing for you. See, every week when I come, my source of healing, week after week, was seeing my kids start to plug in. Was seeing Nathaniel up here leading worship as God was softening and moving on his heart and watching God lead songs of worship through him watching my daughters heal and all these things and then now I get to come and I'm watching these young men Santos and Luis and they're running to these altars 
These altars are open. They're down here. They're worshiping. They're praising. Santos comes in every week. He's like a little tigger. Because he's so excited to be here. And Luis opening, he can't even stand still. Like the first week he opened, I was like, oh, Lord, please don't make him nervous. And then he's like a little preacher man. He's just like, boom, we let him out of the jack in the box. I'm telling you, it should do something for you instead of being the bitter person like, give them time. Give them time. They're going to see. You know what? No. You get up, you tell those young men, good job. You encourage them. You buy them a cup of coffee and say, I want to hear what God's doing in you. What's God telling you? Because they're your roost. They're here to make your bitter sweet again. They're here to pour life into you. And so instead of us looking at these young kids worshiping and praising and all of this and sitting back as spectators, we should be down here with them, holding up their arms, encouraging them and lifting them. Why? Because God says, I'm here, that you are getting the leftovers of what they're pushing in for. See, when we get busy When Luis is busy and Santos is busy and Viv's been busy and this worship team is busy, full with young people pushing in and pressing in, they're feeding you. And see, Naomi got fed with something. And then when she got fed, she was able to look at Ruth and say, baby girl, I got more. There's more for you than just working in the harvest field. And I got a plan. Why? Because when Naomi started getting better, she got busy. When we get better, we get busy because we stop looking at ourselves. Bitterness makes us look only at me, but you don't know my circumstance and you don't know my pain. But you know what? When we get better, we're like, let me tell you my story because I know a God who can heal you and redeem you and change you and set you free. It loosens us. And there are some of you that need to come today and you need to get better because you need to get busy. But there are some of you today, and you are rock hard. You're solid. And I'm telling you that the bread of heaven might not be enough. But God sent me with a stick to remind you that he can break through the hardest hearts. He can break through your calloused pain. The ones that you say, you know what, every week, oh, I let God go three layers deep. But God's saying, no, I'm going all the way. Today, I want to go all the way. I want to break through. I want to go all the way back to that childhood, that where you've kept it locked away, and you won't let anybody in, but I can't use it because you kept it locked up. I'm here to break through. I'm here to break in. And God wants to do something in you today. Exodus 15:22 says Moses made Israel set out to the Red Sea and they went to the wilderness of Shur and they went 3 days in the wilderness and found no water and when they came to Mara there it is again when they came to the bitter they could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter and therefore named Mara and the people grumbled against Moses saying what shall we drink and he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it in the water and it became sweet And then in chapter 17, it says the entire Israelite community left the wilderness of sin, moving from one place to the next, according to the Lord's command, and they camped at Raphadim. But there was no water for the people to drink. So the people complained again. 
Give us water to drink. Why are you complaining to me? Moses replied to them. Why are you testing the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and grumbled against Moses. They said, why do you even bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock from thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? In a little while, they're going to stone me. Isn't it amazing what we do when we get hungry and bitter and thirsty? We'll stone the very people who are our source. And the Lord answered Moses says, go ahead as a people and take the elders of Israel with you and take the staff that you struck the Nile with in your hand. And I'm going to go and stand there in front of you at the rock of Horeb. And when you hit the rock, water is going to come from it and the people are going to drink. Today, God is saying, if you let me, I'll be the stick that heals you. If you let me, I'll break up that hard, hard clay ground that nobody can get through. That week after week, pastor's been pounding the ground trying to get you to come down here, trying to get you to break through, trying to get you to freedom, trying to get you to healing. But you've sat there because you're too hard and too stagnant and too stuck. And God's saying, but I came today with a stick that's a cross that will break through any of your strongholds, that will break through any of your broken That will break through what is stuck in you. See, because God is telling you that I'm not here to break you. I am here to break through. I am here that the waters that are not good in you, that nobody can drink in you anymore. I'm here to make them sweet again. I'm here to make them good again. If you let me, if you'll come to the altar, I'm not going to beat you with a stick, but I'm going to move in you. And I'm going to break through in you because today I want to make the bitter sweet. For some of you, I want to give you scraps because you've been so hungry. And I want to give you the scraps that are going to heal you. I want to give you scraps that are going to set you free. See, because when Naomi became pleasant again, she set up another generation. Ruth went from outcast widow, a barren woman, to married to the master of the field. There are some of us who need to set up some other people. We need to look and see that there's a world out there who is lost and broken and a generation who needs us to realize there's a kingdom to build. We have a kingdom to build. And see, Naomi was able to set her up and direct her to be in the master's path. And we need to go back to the beginning because, yes, God brought Ruth and Naomi back at a time of harvest, but it wasn't just to work the harvest. It was because there was redemption there and there was healing there and there was surplus there and there was supply there. And God is telling you that you are here at this church at this time, not just because there's work to do, but because there's a work to do in you. And some of you have not been allowing God to do the work in you. And God is saying, I am here today. But what if it's today? Because what happened was when Naomi set up Ruth, Ruth could set up Naomi. And it says that this barren, widowed woman who could no longer have children and had no hope of redemption had a baby sat in her lap that she got a raise. And they looked at her and they said, this is your redemption story. And that baby named Obed had a son named Jesse, and that son named Jesse had a son named David. And he became the greatest king that Israel knew until another king from that lineage and that line stepped onto the scene. 2,000 years later, he's still king. Jesus Christ and Lord of Lords came from this harvest redemption story. And he's here today to tell you you are still a part of this harvest redemption story. And if you'll come, and if you'll bow down, and if you'll humble yourself, I'll give you the bread of heaven. 
I'll give you life. I'll give you hope where you've been broken. I'll give you sweetness where it's been bitter. And I'll change you. Why? Because some of you need to get a hold of what God's been trying to do in this church. Because I believe a revival is coming. We're having trouble sending people now. I know that we're going to break through because God's going to send us the multitudes. Because God, there's too many people out here broken and wounded and hurting. And he's saying, I need Ruth and Naomi to get together. I don't want you separate. I don't want it young against old. I don't want a woman against man. I want a united front in this church coming after the kingdom of hell. So God's asking you today, did you show up? Are you bitter? Are you broken? Are you wounded? Are you hungry? If you need bread, then come. If you've been sticking around and you've been too prideful and too arrogant to come and realize that I need to humble myself to God and my circumstance would change, then I encourage you to come and kneel. Some of you who need to say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in front of your stick and I'm going to let it hammer my heart. I'm telling you that whatever you need today, God's here to meet with you. I'm here today to say that whatever you need, he's pulling you out because you showed up today and it's harvest. And there's abundance in the field. Do not put off your healing for another day. Do not put off your redemption for another day. If you don't know Jesus Christ, let me introduce you to him. He's a man who saw a broken world. And before it was ever created, said, I got a plan. And God said, Jesus, will you go? Can I send you? Can I break you? Can I humiliate you? Can I hang you on a cross so that your blood will drip down and redeem them? And Jesus said, yes. He willingly gave his life for you, that you could be made whole and you could walk in freedom. And there are some of you that the enemy is telling you you're too far gone. You're too messed up. You've done too much. And God is telling you in my son, there is redemption and there is grace and there is healing for you. Don't you let the enemy lie to you. There is hope at this altar. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then I encourage you get down here and you come and meet him and let him wash you clean. But for those of you who've been stagnant and stuck, then I encourage you to let God break through in you today because he is the source of your healing. And as we stand to pray and the worship team comes, I'm going to say, Lord, do a work that only you can do. Because even now I feel the struggle of some, Lord. I feel the struggle of some saying, God, so many times it's been the delay. And God said, no, it's been the stretch. It's been the stretching of your faith. It's been the pulling back, but I'm here today to get breakthrough. So God, I, Lord, encourage those hearts, Lord God. Encourage the hearts, Lord God, who think they have tomorrow, Father God, that they would move today, Lord, that surrender is today, that the altar is today, Father God. So we give you our hearts and we give you our humility, Lord, and everything you have for us, Father God. Lord, I just pray for this house today that we would be moved by you. If this is you. If any part of this message encouraged you or spoke to you, come to these altars and let God do a work.